0: Not Monday. (laughs) Today. How do we start? Well, let's start with rhetorical questions. A rhetorical question is not meant to receive a direct answer. Rather, rhetorical questions inspire reflection, stir the imagination in order to lay the groundwork for a deeper conversation. Scripture has many significant rhetorical questions. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and disconnected from the presence of the Lord, when God came down, the voice of the Lord walked through the garden and God asked the first rhetorical question in Scripture, Adam, where are you? You must understand God knows everything and he knew where Adam was hiding. He wasn't asking to find out Adam's location. It was a rhetorical question meant to cause reflection and meant to start a deeper conversation. Another rhetorical question in the book of Genesis is when the angel tells Sarah that God is going to give her a baby and she's going to give birth to a child in her elderly stage. The Bible says that Sarah laughed and the angel asked this rhetorical question, is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's, there's another rhetorical question when Jehoshaphat came and, and he was in the presence of other kings and they were relying on the word and the direction of false prophets and Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet in Israel who can inquire of the Lord for us. When David was taking his brother's bread and cheese to the battlefield and he heard Goliath, the giant, reviling the armies of Israel, David stood back and rhetorically asked, is there not a cause? But my favorite rhetorical question in all of Scripture comes out of the mouth of Job. During a time of his misery, his suffering, and his affliction. Job asks, and it echoes to us prophetically all the way to where we're sitting this morning. Job asks, is there not an appointed time? This question, is there not an appointed time, leads to the conclusion that what God has planned in eternity has been given and assigned a specific time to manifest in the earth. And I say these things to you this morning because I believe, I'm talking to my church, I'm talking to the people who are up under the spiritual skirts of the covering of this house, I believe we have stepped into the first month of what will be a year That's an appointed time to see the manifestations of the promises of God to a degree that we have never seen before. There are some years that happen to be appointed times. Abraham was promised Isaac, but he had to wait until the appointed time. God made promises to Isaac that he would find a wife but Isaac spent decades of his life single but he met Rebecca at the appointed time. Jacob's name was changed to Israel and his character went through metamorphosis but he had to wait until an appointed time and I have come with an Issachar anointing this morning. Issachar was the tribe of Israel that were the calendar keepers. They would let the people know what time it is and the Issachar anointing says to you this morning that the long night season you have been in is Is over, and we have entered a new proverbial day. This day is not that day. This day is not yesterday. This day is a new day. And so we pray in a new day that we might receive the strength from God and the knowledge of God that we need for this day that we face. Jesus said, "Well, when you pray, pray like this: Our Father." To understand positionally that when you go to God in prayer, the God of the Holy Scriptures is your Father. We are instructed, in spite of our weaknesses and in spite of our failures and flaws, we are instructed to go to God with the boldness of a little child running up to their father. My two little children can be obnoxious when I'm studying and working in my office. They don't think nothing about busting in the door, coming in, knocking all my notebooks down, messing my pens up, jumping in my lap, interrupting my whole process. They come in there with boldness. You'd be amazed at the boldness that they have coming in there to me. But they do it with confidence because they know who they are in the relationship. And they know who I am in the relationship. And I've never restricted their access to me. Because I believe if I give them access while they're young, they'll give me access when I'm old. And so and so they always come boldly to where I'm at. And that's how you're supposed to approach God. You're supposed to approach God boldly knowing he is your Father, our Father in heaven, in heaven, not location, in heaven speaks to his position of authority, that he rules over all the other kingdoms and systems of this world, that It's his seat of judicial authority in heaven. That means no matter what decision has been made on earth, Earth about you, you still have one other place you can go and make an appeal. When a judge decides something or the doctors say the x-ray showed something or, or something's happening with your children, there's a place you can go when earth can't help you. You can go to our Father in heaven. Daniel 4, 26 reminds us prophetically, no matter what is being said on earth, heaven rules. Holler that Heaven rules. Holler that at your situation. Heaven rules. I don't know what earth has told you. Earth has told you some pretty discouraging stuff lately. Whoever you are, I'm preaching to you. Got some bad news and difficult circumstances on earth. But God sent me here to remind you, no matter what has been said on earth, heaven still rules. Heaven still rules. Our Father in heaven Our Father in heaven, I've got a lot I need to ask you, but before I ask you anything, hallowed be thy name. Jesus is teaching that praise is the passport into God's presence that praise brings you to a one-on-one meeting with God himself, that wherever Praise is going up on the earth. God will send his presence down to inhabit and take abode in the praise of his people. So before I ask you for anything, let me say, hallowed be thy name. You should always praise before you ask. You'll remember the Syrophoenician woman in the New Testament that came to Jesus. And she came in the room and she said, Lord, I got a prayer request. My daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. Jesus stood up, got ready to leave. said I'm sorry honey I can't take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs but then she got down on her knees and she started praising him and then offered the request again and when she offered the request after giving a praise Jesus turned around and gave her a miracle because praise is the passport it's the access card that gets you into the presence of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord there is fullness not just fullness of joy there's fullness of whatever it is that you need whatever it is you're going through the answer for it is in the presence of the Lord hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come in other words I want my life to be aligned with your kingdom If it's not in your kingdom, don't let it be in my life. (laughs) If fear's not in your kingdom, don't let it be in my life. If anxiety's not in your kingdom, don't let it be in my life. If brokenness and sickness and frailty is not in your kingdom, then don't let it be in my life. In other words, God, let there be an aligning of what's going on in your kingdom and what's going on in my everyday. Thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Give us. Say it with me. Give us. This positions you in humility toward God because it acknowledges that you have needs only God can supply. And I'll admit to you, that's a challenging position to be in, to be at a stage of life where you have a need that a doctor can't supply or you have a need that money can't supply or you have a need that that advice, the best counsel on earth can't supply. You have a need that only God can supply and hidden within the give us is a praise. It's a praise because I wouldn't ask you to help unless I believed you were strong enough to help. I wouldn't ask you for this unless I was confident that you are able to help me. You shouldn't pray to a God that you don't believe is able to help you. You shouldn't pray to a God that you don't believe has the ability to hear you and respond to you. Give us announces. I know you can. I'm here to ask you if you will. Oh, I feel the glory. I know you can. And I'm I'm here to ask you and petition you to see if you will give us this day our daily bread. The now factor is so important with God. Hear me, Christian world. As a Christian, you must understand that faith is always now. If it's not now, it's not faith. It's wonderful that you have history and experience with God and that you've seen his power and provision in the past. But we cannot face today's battles with yesterday's bread. We cannot face today's needs with yesterday's supplies. So I need something for this day. Everybody holler, this day. This day. day. Not not merely speaking of a 24-hour period. When I say this day, I'm speaking of this season that I'm in, this stage that I'm in, where I'm at in my life now. Because I'm not facing the challenges I was facing five years ago. Because my day has changed. I can't use the strategies I received 10 years ago because I'm in a different day now. Look at somebody and say, I'm in a different day now. And the worst thing in the world is when you don't know what day it is. We started to realize when my grandfather was starting to have uh, severe affliction and trouble with his memory when he walked around asking us many times over what day is it and and when you have someone in the group or in the family that doesn't know what day it is good families strong families get up real close to them put the arm around them and tell them what day it is and the enemy's been attacking some of your minds and trying to make you feeble on the inside and the attack has been so constant and so consistent that you've lost track of what spiritual day it is but the goodness of the Lord and the grace of God got you up this morning ordered your steps to this building put a word in my belly and I'm here to help the family I'm here to help those who don't know what day it is I'm here to scoot up right next to you and lean over over in your ear and tell you what day it is the day has changed the day has changed and this is important because from cover to cover in the scripture we find that God's provision flows to you according to the day you're standing in you better get with me this morning. I ain't going to slow down for you. Keep up. God's provision flows to you according to the day that you are standing in. Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-five 25 says, As your day is so shall your strength be. In other words, I'm not going to give you the strength today for a battle you had 10 years ago, and I'm not going to give you the strength today for a battle that's coming 15 years in the future. I'm going to give you the strength today for what you're facing now, for the challenges now, for the questions now, for the burdens now, for the attacks now. I'm going to send the strength to match your death I'm going to send the provision According to your day God will always feed you According to the season you're standing in Now, let me just talk to you a minute Have you ever wondered How the children of Israel became slaves of the Egyptians in the first place. I know you know the stories. I know you know that the children of Israel were enslaved for 400 years and then God through the Passover delivered them and parted the Red Sea and and led them into free. I know you know the story, but have you ever wondered how it started? It started, it was all about bread. Jacob, whose name would later be changed to Israel and his 12 sons, were wealthy and they were living in Israel. They weren't living in Egypt. They were living in their own country, fat and sassy, doing great, packed with gold. Some they got on their own, some they inherited from granddaddy Abraham. They were fine until a famine came. And when the famine came, the famine was so severe that even though they had all that money, they couldn't buy bread. You understand what I'm saying? They couldn't purchase bread. What do you do when your purchasing power doesn't help you? Uh, hallelujah. So, so, so in response to their need for bread, God planted an inside man, one of them. One of Jacob's sons named Joseph, he planted him in Egypt. Because in the whole region, the only country that had any bread was Egypt. And Joseph is positioned there so that that when uh, his father and his brothers come, Joseph is able to have favor on them and give them bread and establish them and help them ride out the famine. But just because God uses someone to bless you does not make that person your source or your God. And Israel got focused on the one who God used to help them instead of putting their focus on God himself. If I send you a thousand dollar check in the mail, you better not thank the mailman because the mailman was the channel. He was not the source. And, And Israel got focused on the mailman, the one God used, and they forgot the God who sent it through them. And so God used Egypt and Pharaoh for a season, for a season, for a day to supplement the diet of his people. But they stayed too long and the day changed. This is the danger in getting stuck and what God used to do, and how God used to move, and how God did it the last time. When you get stuck there, you don't recognize when the day has changed. And and all of a sudden, what used to be a blessing became a bondage for them because the day changed. And, And when the day changed, I want you to notice how the diet changed. In Egypt, God gave his people bread through a man's hand. In the day, the season, the the time of Egypt, God was feeding them. It was God who was feeding them, but he was using a man's hand to do it. God's provision flowing through men. But when Israel started to place more confidence in the men God was using than the God who was using them, God let them learn real quick just how fast people will turn on you when the day changes. So you know the story, they were enslaved and went through 400 years of bondage. And when God delivered them at Passover, when he brought them out of Egypt, the day changed again. And every time the day changes, the diet changes. So now in the day of the wilderness, they're not eating bread from a man's hand anymore. They prayed and they asked for bread. And God said, Moses, tell the people in the morning, I'm going to rain down bread out of heaven. It's not going to be from a man's hand this time. This bread is going to rain down supernaturally. Okay. So the day of the wilderness, it was manna from heaven. Now, God never called it manna. It was Israel who named it. Because they prayed for bread. Moses said, yeah, God's going to send it in the morning. And when they got up in the morning and went out and looked what God sent them in the answer to their prayer, they said, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? And the reason they called their answer and their provision manna what is it is because when they prayed for bread they had an imagination of what the bread was going to look like they had an imagination based off their previous experience of what they used to eat in the former day in egypt that the bread of this day was going to look like and taste like the bread of the former day but every time the day changes the Diet changes and so they walked out and said what is it and they started under appreciating what was truly a miracle that would save their lives and they didn't appreciate it because it didn't look like their perception thought it was because their perception was shaped by a former day and so many people are going to miss their miracles in this season and in this year because when God sends the answer to the prayers you prayed it might not look like what you thought when you prayed it that's why before you pray for anything first you should pray not my will but thine be done because you know what's best for me don't just give me what I'm asking for give me what is best for me and and so and so people in this room you you've been praying and then the answer shows up and you miss the answer because it didn't look like what you thought Israel prayed for a Messiah for thousands of years and yet when Jesus was born and came in the flesh the answer was there but they rejected him he didn't look like what they imagined he would look like with a perception that was formed based off former days you prayed for a spouse and he sent you an answer and now you're thinking about rejecting the answer he sent. cutting. does it look like, or it doesn't talk like, or, or it doesn't act like, or it doesn't think like you thought it would when you prayed. Now you're waking up looking over and saying, man. Uh, what, is, what is this? Everybody holler, what is it? Every married person holler, what is it? So Israel has transitioned from eating bread from a man's hand in Egypt to eating bread that has been supernaturally supplied, the manna and and we shout about supernatural provision, nobody ever takes time to tell us how frustrating it is. Because here's the thing about supernatural provision, you can't control it here's the thing about supernatural provision you can't store it up it's not natural it's supernatural and that was the thing about the manna they couldn't store it God commanded them not to store it he said if you try to store it I'll cause worms to erupt out of it the manna only fell in the morning according to the hunger that was in the tent meaning he supplied just enough to meet the need No more, no less. So they were literally eating by faith. Now, we talk about living by faith. You know, I I hear you. I don't want to eat by faith. I don't want to pull up to the McDonald's or wherever I'm at and put my card in. Oh, Jesus, God, please, in the name of Jesus, could you put $4.97 in that account so I could make this transaction possible? Please, Jesus, but some of you know what that's like some of you know what it's like to have God get you through a season where there was just enough and you made it by the skin of your teeth and you don't even know how you made it. When you add it up on paper, it makes no logical natural sense how you were able to live through the time when you lost your job or live through the time when you went through the foreclosure or live through when they repossessed the car or live through that divorce or live through when your money got totally split in half. Some of you still don't know how you made it and the answer is it's supernatural. But supernatural provision. That's a stressful day. That's as stressful as walking on the water, wondering if this next step is going to be the step when the supernatural runs out and I start to sink. It's frustrating living in supernatural provision. And they lived in that provision for 40 years. But then, at an appointed time, the day was scheduled to change again. And they... They noticed that the manna started getting lighter and lighter and lighter until it ceased and it stopped. Because when the day shifts, that level of provision for that day also shifts. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. If your provision has dried up lately, it's an announcement from God that your day has shifted. If what used to work isn't working anymore, it's an announcement from God. Not that God has left you. Not that God has abandoned you you. Not that God has walked out on you. It's an announcement that the day has changed and you need somebody that loves you enough to come in here and tell you it's not God's fault. God's not mad at you. God's not angry with you. God has not forsaken you. All you're going through is the, the day And so the manna ceased and they approached the promised land and Moses sent in 12 spies to look at the land God had promised to give them. You know, it's easy to walk around and spend years in the church receiving prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. prophecy. But the funny thing is, when it's time for you to walk in the manifestation of that prophecy, when it's time for you to add your faith in the natural to what God has spoken supernaturally, sometimes people get scared scared and so he sends in 12 spies 10 of them walk through it and say there ain't no way we can have this land we need to go back to egypt not knowing the the thing about god the thing about timing the thing about this created universe is no matter how much you want to It's impossible to go back. It's impossible to go back. Why are you so in love with a season that was buried long ago? Why are you trying to make this now like that then? Maybe you're disturbed and disrupted in your marriage Because you fell in love with a moment instead of a man or a woman. And when the moment changed, so did your emotions. When the moment changed, so did your love. When the moment changed, they were in love with the safety and security of Egypt. Side note, When. Forgive me, okay? I'm a human, okay? When in the hell did the people of God ever read in their Bible that they were... to be so consumed with safety and security. There are churches all over San Antonio empty this morning, and the pastor comes out on social media and said, for your safety and your security, we're not going to assemble in the Lord's house. We're not going to come together and be what the New Testament called us to be. We're not going to do what Jesus commanded believers to do for your safety and security. God has never been concerned about your safety or your security. And living safe and secure minded will keep you out of the promises of God. Because God will never give you a promise that does not require faith. God will never give you a promise that doesn't have walls around it. God will never give you a promotion that doesn't have a giant at the gate. God will never give you a safe blessing. Tweet that. Facebook that. Let that go viral. God will never give you a safe blessing. Find me a safe blessing in the Bible. Find me a safe blessing in the Old Testament. Find me a safe blessing in the New Testament. Find me a safe Find me a no-risk people that God ever used. Find me something. And the ten spies, they said, it's not safe. With the thing they had literally been waiting for all of their lives, staring them in the face, they came back and said, But it's not safe. That's the language of somebody that's stuck in an old day <laughs> see see cause when all you've been able to do in your life is survive when you've been stuck in a day of survival living off the provision of just enough to meet your needs you're not used to running toward challenges you're used to running away you're not used to standing up to giants. You're used to hiding from them. Because your mindset of your former day is survive, survive, survive. But the mindset of that former day, which is survival, will not work in the new day. So these 12 spies, they come back because they represented the 12 tribes. So, so these 10 of the 12 tribes, are telling all of the people there's giants, they're bigger than we are, better military, better weapons, better strategists, higher walls than we've ever seen. This is not possible. It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be impossible so God could give them victory and him receive glory from it. But they said this is not, this is not possible and when Joshua and Caleb heard it it got so mad they started ripping off their clothes now I've only seen that one time on YouTube I was watching a clip of uh greatest street fights you know just people walking by you know, doing something at a food court at a mall or something, all of a sudden uh, a, an argument happens and a street fight breaks out right there in the mall. And what I, what I noticed is the effective fighters, when they were about to get in a street fight, would quickly take off their shirt. <laughs> so that the other fighter had nothing to grab onto for leverage. When Joshua and Caleb rent their clothes, they were ready to start a fight because in the new day, you have to be willing to fight anybody that would stand in the way of you getting what God promised you. You, In the new day, you have to be willing to tell your family members, I love you, but you're dead wrong. You're living in fear, you're cowering, you're letting the devil run roughshod over you and you can do that for you and yours if you want to, but that's for me and my house. We believe God. As for me and my house, we have faith in God. As for me and my house, we trust in God. As for me and my house. So so they they ripped their clothes off. And they looked at Dan and Asher and Zebulon and Benjamin. And they ripped their clothes off. And they said, the land we went to spy out is an exceedingly good land. It's an amazing land. Don't rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people. And then he says, they are bread. The people, the giants, they are bread. Joshua in this moment has seen something that's given him a revelation in the spirit. Joshua said, wait a second. Every time we've been through a major transition, every time the day has changed, our diet has changed. God fed us from a man's hand in Egypt. God fed us supernaturally with manna in the wilderness. But now God's not feeding us with a man's hand. And God's not feeding us with manna. In the promised land, our bread, our daily bread, is gonna come from the battles we fight. Our bread is going to come from our battles. In other words, in this day, Everybody up under the sound of my voice That's a part of this church, everybody that I'm your voice, you listen to me. Get your prophetic ears open. In this day, he's not going to use a man's hand. He's not going to rain it down out of the sky. In this day, he's going to give us the strength to rise up and go take it for ourselves. Joshua looked at the giants and didn't see fear. He saw a new diet he saw the giants and he didn't see defeat he saw that in this day that's my bread that's my meal that's my provision that's my substance joshua saw the giants and he said if the land around them can support the appetite of a giant then surely the land can support me joshua looked at them and said you know what i want to start eating like a giant, thinking like a giant, walking like a giant, and it, you cannot grow big eating small. If you want to grow big, you got to eat like a giant. So, so Joshua started getting his appetite up when he saw what God was going to do with enemies in this day. The people were used to running from enemies, hiding from enemies, or depending on some supernatural exploit like hail falling out of the sky to kill their enemies. And God said, no, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I led you this far hoping that you would grow up along the way. the day is changing and so is your diet so is your provision now I don't do it for you now I give you the strength to get up and go do it yourself and I knew you wouldn't shout on this point because you're used to God just wiping the slate clean for you knocking everybody out of the way for you opening up the door for you but a time has come and now is a moment has come and you are now standing in it an appointed season from god has been established and in this day our bread comes from our battles clap your hands give god a praise that's the word i had for you the bread is in your battle Oh, you can say hallelujah. I said the bread is in your battle. The thing threatening you is going to turn into bread. The thing fighting you right now is going to turn into bread. The thing that's been resisting you is going to turn into bread. That's why David said, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies he didn't mean the enemies were at the table he meant the enemies were on the table the enemies were the main course God was showing David I'm going to establish you and grow you and bless you by the enemies you are willing to conquer and defeat it's time to stop running from your issues David if you'll conquer the issue instead of running from it I'll make the conquered issue bless you in other words David I'll make what's been fighting you start feeding you Those of you that have been running from the problem, you're in the mindset of avoiding the confrontation, avoiding dealing with the issue, avoiding getting the help you need to finally overcome that thing. You're missing your blessing because your blessing is inside that battle. Your new diet starts today. And if you want bread, you're going to have to get it on the battlefield after you take authority and get the victory over the thing that's trying to keep you out of the life God promised you. I'm done preaching, but I got a side note. Just side note. It's only 1141. Just side note. Joseph... Let's go back to Joseph, okay? Joseph had a dream while he was in prison. And in the dream, he saw a butler and a baker. One man carrying wine, one man carrying bread. And the baker had a basket on the top of his head. And Joseph in the dream saw ravens coming down. (laughs) Taking the bread out of the basket of the baker. Now, the baker lived in Egypt in that time in biblical antiquity. Your son would do for a living most times what daddy did for a living. Your grandson would do for a living what daddy did for a living. Your great-great-grandson and great-great-grandson. That's why uh, Jewish people have a lot of business, you know, Steinway and sons. That they can trace the lineage of what they've been doing for a living back hundreds, sometimes thousands of years. And Joseph didn't know what he was seeing when he saw those ravens coming and picking, snatching that bread out of the baker's basket. But what Joseph didn't realize is prophetically he was seeing a time hundreds of years from that moment. When there would be a famine in Israel and there would be no rain and tremendous drought would come. And God took one prophet and hit him by a brook named Sherith. And God said, Elijah, I'm going to send you bread every morning. They didn't know it, but there there was a baker on the edge of Egypt and Israel. There was a baker that every morning walked outside with his bread and the ravens would come and snatch the bread out of his hands and fly it over to where Elijah was because God was giving him daily bread through supernatural provision falling out of the sky from birds. I should have quit five minutes ago. I I can't sew it together for you. You have to do it in your mind. Elijah's by the brook Cherith in the famine. And bread's falling out of the sky from the birds. Supernatural provision. But then the Bible said that the brook, what happened? The day changed. And when the brook dried up, the bread stopped falling out of the sky. But every time your day changes, your diet so God says, Arise, get thee to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow to provide for you there. So he walks up to a widow who's down to her last little bit of flour and last little bit of oil. And he said, Honey, would you, would you get me some water and would you go bake me some bread? Because now he's receiving provision from the hands of a human, the hands of mankind. Okay. And he stayed there for a year. And then the day changed. And God said, get to the top of the mountain. I'm going to let you hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And God sent so much rain that the drought ended. The famine was over. And now Elijah doesn't have to depend on bread falling out of the sky. He doesn't have to depend on the hands of a man or a woman. Now he has the strength, if he wants bread, to Get up and get it himself. You can stand to your feet, give God a praise in the house. Pay close attention in this season. To what you want let me qualify the statement if you're praying if you're saying truly not my will thine be done if you're saying that kingdom come then pay very close attention to what you want because God wants to give you the strength to get up and go get it yourself Stop praying the prayers of, Lord, let it fall in my lap. You're too mature as a church now for that. You've received too much teaching. The day has changed. Start praying the prayers. God, give me the strength to eat that giant for lunch. God, give me the strength to eat that battle for nutrition. God, feed me through what's been fighting me. David, listen, listen, David got stronger and stronger from the beginning of his kingdom until his death. He only got stronger. Now, he was anointed three times, but the strength never followed the anointing. The calling did, the open doors did, the the recognition that the spirit world had of who he was, that followed it. But David's strength and his increase followed his battles. It wasn't when Samuel poured oil on his head that he rose in stature and began to be considered in the high courts of the palace. It was when he raised up the head of a giant that he had killed in battle. And it was the battle that began to feed the king inside. It was the battle that began to feed the future inside. It was the battle that began to erode Saul's grip on the kingdom and give David an, an open door and an opportunity. It was the battle. I know what you're facing is scary. I'm not being insensitive to your struggle. Some of you are facing really, really practical things. Marriage problems, financial problems, health problems, legal problems, problems on the job. But you're looking at those battles and those problems through the lens of an old day. This is a new day, and in this day, when you refuse to run from those things and hide from those things and sweep those things under the rug and just not answer the phone when they call and just do all of the avoiding techniques you know, when you decide to run toward it and not away from it, God will make your greatest giants fall and not only will they fall, they'll feed you. God wants to feed you through what's been threatening you. And so in this house now, in this moment, I have spoken to you the word of the Lord in season as it is in heaven. I've given you the instruction. And now I pray that the strength of God come on you and your faith begin to rise to the point that you begin to run at the giant. Pastor John, grab her real quick. I'm going to need her in a minute. You begin to run at the giant and you begin to take your bread. A new diet starts today. This is the word of the Lord. A new diet starts today today the principle of jericho in the promised land was this god had stored up the wealth of the wicked behind walls with giants protecting it because he was waiting for a day when a remnant of his people would rise up and have the boldness and faith and confidence to go take it The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that principle is still active today. The wealth of the wicked. Yeah, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about resources. I'm talking about property. I'm talking about grants. I'm talking about student loan forgiveness. I'm talking about credit card debt being totally taken out. The wealth of the wicked is laid in store for the just. Or For the people who know what day it is, please understand, the bottle season is over, where you get pre-digested nutrients, bland and easy to drink. It's meat season. It's steak season. chewing season you better get your teeth ready somebody's about to sink their teeth into a blessing it takes a month to chew somebody's about to get one of those blessings that you're chewing on it for six months get one of those blessings that you're chewing on it all year long oh i prophesy it over your life it's a chewing season no more bottles no more milk it's a chewing So Lord I have done as you have instructed me to do. I pray they receive it. I pray they put it in the context of their life. In the name of Jesus. Come here. Come here. I speak in opening to your finances. I score The enemy has fought you very hard, viciously hard financially, but I speak an opening to you. I'm sowing $100 into you right now. My wife's writing the check, and that seed is going to break something open in the spirit world, and it's going to start causing supernatural provision to begin to flow in your life. And to the enemy that's been forcing restrictions enforcing hard labor and forcing anxiety, we say, be broken in the name of Jesus. We declare... The prosperity of God in Jesus' name. May the Lord your God bless you. May the Lord your God keep you. May the Lord your God undergird you, support you, give you peace and give you strength. And may you leave this day knowing that the diet starts Today, wherever you see a giant, understand there's a meal in there somewhere for you. Wherever you see a battle, understand there's a blessing in there somewhere for you. Wherever you see opposition, understand there's an opportunity in there somewhere for you in the name of Jesus if you got an offering or a seed to sow that's a good word to sow it on you can get it ready right now oh God receive our offerings receive our sacrifice receive our praises receive honor glory majesty it all belongs to you we worship you and we thank you for the word thank you that the diet starts today Thank you that every enemy that walks up against us is going to end up blessing us, end up feeding us, end up prospering us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the diet starts today. The diet starts today. The diet starts today.